This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach, and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined by, da-da-da, Kristen Williams, Woo! fearless I co-host, and I am joined by Laura my Hyman. beautiful, lovely <laughs> Laura Hyman. <laughs> I love it. We have to mix that up. Oh my up. God, we crack ourselves up. It's ridiculous. I know, da-da-da. <laughs> we need some, we need those little like instruments, you know, um, yeah, like, and I'm the wah-wah <laughs> and the ding-ding, Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get us started today. Um, We have, uh, we got a message to our support at Lit Yoga from BKE. She says, I am a Lit subscriber, but I don't use social medias. This is how I need to ask a question. I listen to your podcast all the time. They are amazing. Thank you. I have a question about belly dancing. The professional teacher that I like to take classes with does not have very good posture as far as her low body is concerned. She has an anterior tilt and she confided in me that she has low back pain. No kidding, right? Mm. I was wondering when I first saw her how she doesn't. She's teaching to be in that anterior tilt, but I don't listen. Also, she she jets her hip out to one side as she pushes back to one side on, uh, on certain circles, legs apart and straight. 
I'm wondering if that's an okay position for the hip. It doesn't hurt, but it doesn't exactly feel right. Also, when she teaches arm movements, she pulls the head of the arm bone forward in and up. These arm movements seem like she could be impinging her shoulder. They don't feel right to me either. Any thoughts? Thank you for lit. Mm. I'll let you start with that one. I mean, I think these are great observations from somebody who's just on our platform. And, you know, we were actually speaking about this earlier today that there's a lot of, there's always lots of chatter for those people who are on social media and just pick up little sound bites that, you know, movement, our bodies are smart, our, all movement is good, on and on and on. Posture doesn't matter. And I would say that that is just um, very glib <laughs> because it does matter. It doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily have pain, but are you going to be able to move in all these different ways and do the fun things like belly dancing, break, like I took a break dancing class with my, <clears throat> with my son. And the idea is that you're not always living in neutral or with neutral alignment, um, neutral posture, neutral spine, neutral uh, pelvis, but that you know what it is, that your brain mapping understands it. So it's kind of like are you always going to live in first, second, and third gear? No, you're going to you're going to go to other gears too, but you're able to do that because you have first, second, third. You kind of got to go through those first. And if you don't have a mapping of where you start, it does it 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 impedes your um, progress, your speed, your your grace, your effort, your energy, your efficiency, and then ultimately it can as we know as physical therapists, it, it can um, be detrimental on your joints and the surrounding tissues. So my gut is that you know, you've listened to us enough that you've identified something that feels like it's going to an in range repetitively. And I would say something like belly dancing is probably amazing if it's done well, and it will take you out of neutral pelvis, but what you're trying to do is always control your center of mass. Your, so your center of mass is, is it's literally the kind of energetic um, and literal center of gravity in your body that you're working around. So if it's always kind of going to one side or, you know, habitually overusing one side and not getting the support on all the other dimensions, that isn't going to feel good. It isn't going to, um, and you're, you're, you're looking at it like, oh, it doesn't look like it feels good. I mean, and that that is part of it. And, and you know, there's ballerinas and gymnasts who all go to so many degrees of ranges, but they work super hard on holding their center, knowing that they can't just collapse into joints because well, that doesn't look great and it really doesn't feel great. And those people aren't gonna, are gonna have a short-term career. So I guess the answer is, it, it does matter. And then in fact, it'll allow you to do all the, and this is what we hear over and over again from the professional athletes to the people who are working and weekend warriors doing, you know, tennis or hiking. It helps them do those things better and they, they're more enjoyable. Yeah. And I would echo that. You said it helps them do those things better. And I think what you're speaking of is what you do off the field, off the dance floor, so I think what's happening with her belly dancer instructor is she's doing all this stuff on the floor 
and then continuing to do it off the floor. She walks around in an anterior tilt. Were she to be doing this stuff while she was on the floor with some mindfulness of where neutral is, where she might be a little stronger, but then when she got off the floor, did lit yoga, you know, did something where she was combating what she's doing as a part of, this is her profession. Yeah, I'm guessing, you know, she's a, a professional teacher of dance. We see these professional athletes, the ones who last the longest, the Tom Brady's, are the ones who are not just doing their sport. I know Tom Brady, I don't know him personally, but I know that he does a lot of stuff outside of football. And what I believe he's doing is counterbalancing what his sport requires. So when BKE is talking about the shoulder movement, you know, we see that internal rotation. Is that bad in and of itself? No, like Laura said, we want to be able to move through these ranges, but we always want to come back to our center, to our, our, our neutral shoulder, neutral scapula, neutral cervical spine, blah, blah, blah. When we're off the floor, off the uh, dance floor, off the field, off the court, out of the boat for our rowers, you know, Laura works with our U.S. rowing team, and her goal is not to change what they're doing in the boat. Her goal is to change or help them be mindful of what to do outside of the boat. And so this is the same thing. You know, we're not looking to change what belly dancing is. This is a centuries-old tradition of how to move. But what we want to do in Lit Yoga is to educate you how you can take something like that and be sustainable. It's, it's redefining movement. We call this redefining yoga, but I really think it's redefining movement. So whatever you're doing off of your mat, you can come to your mat and counterbalance our habits, counterbalance what we have to do in life, sitting at a desk all day long. We come to our mat and we really change the way we move and reintroduce finding neutral, exploring ranges of motion through a, a functional movement pattern that we aren't normally in. That's the game changer. So for BKE, who maybe wants to be doing this belly dancing, she's smart where she's saying it doesn't quite feel right. So she's going to adjust it for her body. But maybe she can start a dialogue with her teacher where it's like, hey, you know, you told me you've got back pain. Share some of the knowledge she's learned just from being on our lit platform as to, I mean, literally introducing someone to movement mechanics and posture can change their life for the better. And I truly believe that I've seen it countless times. Kristen, you've changed my life. I'm not doing anything. I'm educating. And they're doing the work off the dance floor, off the field, off the, and on their mat. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say about that. No. And I think the really important thing too, is that you know, Kristen and I, we have combined over 50 years of experience and we've seen so many bodies. We still are doing privates. I mean, I've had five already this week and it's only the fourth day of the week. And every single one of those people needs rebalancing because we live in a world that is, is knocking us off balance. We aren't moving in a variety of way. We don't have that movement variability and therefore we don't have that um, clear connection to the center of the body that holds us as we move in a variety of ways. So we have to come back to that and, and 
rebalance and reset ourselves so that we can experience whatever we want to be doing, whether it's belly dancing or uh, parkour or anything that is going to make running. You know, I just was doing a private with a woman who runs and she's been running her whole life and now it's really bothering her. And, you know, the first thing I look at is her posture because she takes that into every movement. It's, it's, you know, it's the home you live in. And if it's disorganized a little bit, you don't just like go into another room, you take care of that and you reorganize so that it's ready to have more energy and, and, um, more vitality. Yes. All right. Uh, next question. Oh, well, this guy asks AJS Page, what is the great stuff from the gray stuff? <laughs> and what he's talking about is the gray, st- you know, you hear about like the gray stuff in your brain is so important because as you um, increase the gray stuff in your brain, it's going to change you. So the gray, there, you have gray and you have white, and um, but the gray stuff is the area where the um, the, neuro, the the motor cortex is living. That's what you for motor uh, control and sen- and sensation and exercise, paying attention to your posture, all that stuff. That actually grows your gray stuff. Like so, it's we know neural plasticity is real. That means the brain has the potential to change, transform. It's doing it every day or it's not, you know, it's like, you can also have the reverse where you're getting, uh, that gray matter is, is not getting as, um, robust. So the gray stuff is changeable and you change it through movement. That's, that's been documented over and over again. I mean, they've, they've shown that, you know, exercise, we know that it builds stamina. We know it builds muscle strength. We know it builds, um, it improves circulation and, increases blood flow, but it also elicits in the brain this release of a protein called BNFD, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor. And that actually repairs and protects memory nerves and acts as like as a reset. So it's we're, we're not only improving the way we move, we're improving the way we retain information. And that could be in the form of motor patterning. That could be in the form of sensation. Um, it could be in the form of cogn- cognitive function, you know, higher executive power. So the gray matter is really responsible for um, all those things. So the great stuff is how do you increase your brain and, and the brain, brain volume increases as well. You know, the brain has um, energy cells, uh, the neurons, and they contain mitochondria. And mitochondria, if you remember back in biology, this is what produces energy for what our body needs. And so it would make sense that if we're needing more energy because our body's moving, we're going to produce more of those mitochondria. And that is developing during exercise. So I guess my main point here is that movement matters and it really does grow your brain. So that's the great stuff. I love that. It's so funny. I just happen to be, my daughter is in biology and, uh, you know, I will quiz her. And so I'm right back into that ATP and mitochondrial (laughs) cells. And, um, I love it. I geek out on it. You know, I think this is an interesting, um, 
perspective to think about, you know, brain and growth and brain matter size, gray matter. Because when we think about certain diseases where we see brain gray matter shrink or you see more plaques like a, a, a Parkinson's disease, the, the way they diagnose that is they take an MRI, you know, scans of the brain to see the brain size. And what are the symptoms of a Parkinson's and such is lack of movement, lack of facial expression, and not just movement, body movement, yes, but bowel movement, you know, I mean, it's across the board. So um, when we think about, it's kind of the inverse of that. When we lose gray matter, we lose the ability to move, the ability to express joy, arguably feel joy. So, you know, we can, we want to, the greatness is movement. It's, it, there's an inverse property there. So I, what, I mean, what do we have to say about that is keep moving as, you know, as long as you can. Keep moving, keep moving. It is, um, it's so important for, for our brain and our, like you said, the emotions, the joy, those are all felt in the gray matter as well. All right, Miriam Tabraz, how can we effectively train our core and what common mistakes do you see? Oh gosh, we love the core. I mean, I know. Like we have a little core soapbox. We should just like leave it in the closet and pull it out and plop it down. <laughs> so, I mean, I think the biggest common was mistake we see, we are currently in one of our level two modules called the core module. And we really go into depth about anatomy of the spine. We talk about the core cylinder. And I think the biggest misconception that's out in a lot of current, I mean, there's lots of stuff out there. There's clickbait galore on the internet talking about core not mattering, um, that it's going to fire no matter what. And that's just, yes, it's going to fire. You know, as soon as you move your muscle, your your pelvic floor is going to fire. Your your deep your TBA is going to fire. But is it going to fire well? Is it going to fire to meet the demand? No, it, it not always. That is why people throw out a disc in their back, bending over to tie their shoe. Their core was not working well. So the biggest mistake is people either overuse the more superficial muscles, which we'll see this um, in a lot of bodybuilders. They have that kind of more rotund looking um, abdomen. We had a huge kind of discussion about it on our teacher uh, Facebook page this week. Um, I posted a picture of a beautifully fit woman uh, who, just to look at her based on from my medical eye, she had rectus diastasis, so her abs were split. I would guess she probably has like two or three kids. This woman didn't have an ounce of fat on her body. She's so fit, so lean, total badass. Like I'm looking at her like, I want to look like you. And yet her core was not well balanced. And you know, what do you call that? The big debate. People were calling it a pooch. It's not a pooch. You know, she doesn't have an ounce of fat on her body, but it was an overdeveloped rectus abdominis, a diastasis of the rectus muscles, a split, because there wasn't a balance. And I've been there. When I first came to, you know, lit yoga, I went through the teacher training. It was kind of like the, um, I was, I felt a little bit like the science experiment because we were talking about this and I leaned back and my abs just, you know, I had a, 
And I still have erectus diastasis, but it's not, it's so much better contained because I can do my core. But it like, it looked like alien, you know, blah, there went my, my, my abdominals would open up and my, my, my guts, my, my intestines would push through. So my point with posting this, this picture was, can they see what's not balanced? And so that's a common mistake. Women, we have a baby. We cannot wait to get back to working out. And we don't rebuild that core adequately and slowly to get that, you know, core being diaphragm, pelvic floor, transverse abdominis, obliques. Yes, your rectus abdominis, big movers. We need that to move functionally, but we've got the lower back, the psoas, the, the quadratus lumborum, the multifidi, you know, all of these deep cylinder that goes around. So that's the biggest thing that I think that we see. The mistake is it's not balanced. People cannot work it as a unit when they need it and also work it eccentrically because we don't want people sucking their gut in. That's not good. You, you want to be able to breathe. There's a bit of retention when you need it, but still a, a breath. It's a 360 degree breath, breathing into the back body, into the front body. So it's really fun to share this knowledge with people who are yoga teachers and are looking at bodies every single day and, you know, help spread this message that core does matter and it matters how you use it and how to, how you balance it. That too can be a game changer in your life. I know you've got so much to say on this. I'm going to pass the mic to you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we even have a shirt uh, that says more core. And it's because I would, when I would travel and I would go to workshops or I do teacher trainings outside of my teacher trainings and, um, you know, people would say, oh, I have this going on. Oh, I have this going on. Knee stuff, shoulder stuff. What do you think? What do I need to do? And I was, my answer was like more core. And it just became like this funny thing because it's like, I bet Laura's going to say more core. And the reason is 99% of the time, that's, that is the answer. And it's because it's the freaking center of your body. It is the conduit of, as we say in lit, the conduit of renewable energy. It is a, it is just a channel that is transmitting energy from your limbs back and forth through the spine. That's why we talk about neutral spine so much. So there's a lot to be said, and I could say about the core, but to your point, it's like we need more core in that we need all of the team members that support the spine, pelvis, and shoulder girdle to show up with the demand that is required, whether it's against gravity, our own body weight, one-legged, et cetera, et cetera. How is everything showing up in an organized way so that you are working with the least amount of effort? That is grace. You, and that's why, you know, bal think of a ballerina or a gymnast. They're working so hard. They're spinning. They're doing all these amazing things. And yet they look so light. I mean, they look springy. And, and that is a perfect example of a very balanced core because they are taking that energy, transmitting it. It's not getting lost anywhere. Not one area is getting overloaded. So I think one of the biggest mistakes we see is people undervaluing the importance of core and what you then, and then that translates into well, how do you most effectively use the core? It's not just about doing tons of, like when people say, oh, I do 100 sit-ups a day, I always think that is okay. Well, you're not doing them well 
or you're not doing them in a balanced way. Because if you're using all of those muscles, then you're not going to be doing 100. You're not going to come up as high as people do. They, oh, that's when you're like just kicking in that superficial flexor of the trunk over and over again. And that's going to get you very imbalanced because those uh, those those muscles that lie underneath that that are hugely important for stabilizing you when you're not on the ground doing abs and you're like moving through space, they have not been strengthened. And they're, so they're going to default to the, the, the ones that are firing faster, which is the rectus. And you need that balance because if you don't have that balance, it's going to pull on your joints. It's going to... Um, your posture is going to be really hard to align and you will lose energy. And what that means is you will be less efficient. You will get tired faster. You won't be able to hold your shit together because you'll be exhausted because not everybody's participating. And so I think the, you know, the biggest mistake is how people train it and training it is what exactly what we do in the reset every single time. It's awakening all the postural muscles to come into play when we move through space and to dial up according to the demand. So I think it's, it, you know, are you getting a little stronger if you lay, you know, lay on your back and do a bunch of different type of abdominals? Sure. But are you getting stronger in a balanced way where all those core muscles are coming in? No, you need to get on all fours. People don't get on the ground enough in a variety of ways. Um, you need to get into half kneel. You need to get on one leg. You need to do s- lunges laterally. You need to go from the ground and up because all of that requires that um, activation of the core. So I think the common mistakes are like over glorifying like what you're saying, just using the 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 rectus abdominis and getting the six pack. You don't want that because that means you're probably imbalanced and those are the people who have more of the issues in the other parts of the core, like the pelvic floor muscles, the lower back muscles, and then how that affects movement in the hips and shoulders. So much more to say, but I think you realize how we feel about the core. <laughs> <laughs> more core all the way. We should have a glass of wine and toast to that. Absolutely. All right. As always, we love your questions. We're here for you. So please write us. You can Find us on Instagram. I'm at Laura.hyman. And I'm at KBWilliams99. And P.S., if you happen to be watching us on YouTube, I am currently showing off our new beanies that by the time this airs will have been on sale for a while. So it is so toasty warm. It's cold in Wisconsin. Go to our shop at Shopify so you can find us, uh, find that shop on our, we- our website. Yeah. Oh, look at Laura. And I'm wearing the most Me cozy. Too. Oh my God. The most cozy. What are these? The warm up pants or the joggers? I don't know. I've got what the joggers. You've got they're, the warm up, right? They're so soft. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> and of course, we're wearing this one. I mean, you really, we don't change out of this stuff. So, I know. I, I'm kind of ashamed that I don't. I'm sure I've got, oh, yes. Yeah, see, I've got it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We're we're always we're always representing. And the reason why is when you see something, talk about core. When you see something like a flame, and the flame is the the representation of the fire, which is the center of your core. Your fire, your your des, your your desires, your ambition, your vision, your power is in your core. That's your fire. So uh these these all help you rem- remember to feel lit up. 
So get lit, everybody. And as always, we are pulling for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.